Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. And we know your ways. We don't only know you, but we know your ways. And we know when you speak, if we will obey, you will move suddenly. I thank you, Father, what seemed to be a simple message in my heart today has turned into a suddenly word for many that are going to receive a supernatural turnaround today. Today. A supernatural turnaround in their health, their wealth, their family, their career, their ministry. Today. Suddenly be done in Jesus name give Jesus a shout right now come on give Jesus a shout right now see, uh, see you can you can be seated you see I know the miracle anointing and the miracle anointing knows me and I had no intention I mean I always there's times I prepare my heart for it and then there's other times, boom, I just feel it in my spirit. Because Moses said the people of God that followed him knew God, but Moses knew God's ways. I mean, I look over here and I see a miracle here. I look at other places and see miracles that's happened in this house. Terry over there, miracle back. Hallelujah. I just see miracles all over this room. People that's received David back there. Miracle ears well and other things in his body. I just look around and see miracles. See, when you're in the seeing the spirit, you're seeing in the fourth round. Remember, I told you last week if you want to get leverage, you got to understand what you need leverage in. First, we live in this realm of our physical body, second, we live in a realm of our soul, which are mind, will, and emotions, your decision making resources. Thirdly, when you're born again, the spirit that was abiding in a state of death comes alive. It's born again. Now you're in the third realm. Yes. And you can peek over into the kingdom a little bit. You can sense it. But when you move in the fourth realm, after you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're endued with power from on high. But you got to go back to Acts 1. A lot of people stay over there in Acts 2, 4, and you know, baptism of the Holy Ghost, woo, fire and tongues and the sound, da, da, da. If they forget over there in Acts 1, the first verse said, they, they did what? They received power, but they also began to obey what both Jesus did and taught. What he taught and what he did. What he taught and what he did. There's a difference between just flowing in a word we have that with charismatics a lot, you know. I've been kind of through all the phases. I've been Nazarene and Pentecostal and charismatic and word of faith, and now I'm just out there. Praise God. Or can I say up there? Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody say suddenly. So one of the things I see a lot of time, and you see this even in word of faith a lot of times, we are really good about memorizing the word, writing it down, quoting it, and that's good. But remember, that's just level one, right? If you don't put action to it, you're not going to see into the kingdom. You're not going to have your manifestation. 
So as Michael so eloquently said there a few moments ago, said, uh, first of all, last night was amazing game night here if you missed it. Oh, man, it was fun. We're going to have them back. They killed it. It's Naomi's son, son-in-law and daughter, and their whole team, they crushed it. Hallelujah. See, oh. So, so he shared with you the three different, so what it is, it's three dimensions of faith or the three-dimensional realms of faith, the three ways. God does not move without faith. You cannot be saved without faith. We are saved what? By faith through grace. You can't access God's free gift without faith, right? So whenever we begin to realize this, we got to understand if we want leverage to see into the kingdom, we want leverage to operate into the kingdom and to see the unseen realm, the fourth realm and even dimensions beyond that, we got to understand these three dimensions, the first dimension of faith is to have faith in God's word, right? To have faith in God. First of all, it's to have faith in God, I mean. So if you don't have faith in God, why would you have faith in God's word? Now, we know the word, word logos is the sum, total, and purpose of God, and the word rhema is the promises out of that word, the now gift of it. We know that in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm not only talking about, now, if you look at the Word, the Logos and the Rhema of God, but you know Jesus intimately, that's good. That's what I'm talking That's knowing God, because he's one of the Godhead, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You see, we're, I talked to you about last week, and I don't want to tear my Bible up. It's a, I don't know how many of these. I'm 12 or 14, I don't know, a bunch of these, but this is my latest one. But if I were to hold it like that, you see how thin that is? We are spending our entire journey on this planet learning from over a thousand pages how to get back to the first two chapters of the Bible. That's what we're trying to learn. That how God created everything through his words. Not only did God create everything through his words, what he do? He created what? Us in his image and likeness. Both male and female, we created them. He said, we, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And we know Jesus also is the Word. Yes. But here's what you realize. Until you have faith in God, you can't move in God's Word. That's right. Then, the second realm of faith or dimension of faith is to have faith in God's Word. And a lot of people get that. You know, we'll get that in the Spirit-filled, Word of Faith. We'll get that in Charismatic, Pentecostal, all that. Even some good Bapticostals and Methodists and Nazarenes and in-betweens, all the rest. Get it. And I'm not saying that vicariously, it's just true. Amen. And even within each sect, see, we all live under limited belief. You were born into limited belief. You, 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 had, you were born a sinner, right? And the only way you can be saved is through faith in God. And then applying his word that if you will believe in your heart that he is Lord and confess in your mouth, you could be saved and then act on it, right? So you had to do all three realms just to be saved. But we all have a limiting belief in the way we were raised, limiting belief the way you, when you came, listen, when you, let me read this scripture to you. 
2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Paul said, this is now, everybody say now. now. Thanks be to God who always, say always, leads us in triumph. See, we want triumph, but we don't know where we get it from. Triumph in Christ. He never leads you to lose. He never leads you to addiction. He never leads you to fail. He never leads you to put curses or bad things on you to teach you something. John 10, 10, Jesus said, Satan come to steal, kill, destroy, but I have come, what, to give life and to give life more abundantly. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't allow it to happen to you. Because if he did everything for you, you wouldn't even have faith in him. I mean, look at Job, that situation with him. But look, he got a hundredfold return, even though he suffered. But he didn't suffer for nothing. He suffered to learn. And as he did, he became a hundred times greater in the earth than he was before. So look at this. So now, thanks be to God, who always, everybody say always, leads us to triumph. Where in Christ, I could just preach for a day on Christos, Christ, the anointed one. Do you know you, the Bible says you are a little Christ, little anointed ones. He is the big anointed one. El macho Jesus, right? He is the man. I, don't, I can't say Spanish, but he is the big guy. The Bible says he is the firstborn among many brethren, right? Everybody's laughing at me. I'm just having fun. Let us now. And in Christ and through us, everybody say me, me. diffuses. Now, Steph has one of those oil things that diffuses oil around the house. It's pretty cool. The word in the King James is the word manifest. Everybody say manifest. So we triumph in Christ, and through us, he manifests what? The fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So if you bring him into your place, if you bring him into your situation, he's there to manifest. That is, in all our ways, say my ways, in every place in my life, that is God's agenda. That is God's will. God's will, God's agenda is to be in every place, in every situation in your life all the time. That's his, that's his plan for you. We're too busy trying to look ahead and find out, do I go left, right, up, or down? Just remember if you'll begin to operate in the fourth dimension, baptize the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit, it's a lot easier to follow him, just let him lead you. Everybody say manifest. manifest. Now, anytime something manifests and goes to the next level, the prior level is basically destroyed. Whenever a woman is carrying a child and in her womb, right, the placenta is there to encompass it, to protect it. But once that head, once that child breaks through the placenta and comes out of the earth's atmosphere, what just happened? The placenta is destroyed. Anytime you move to the next level, forget about the last level. Good or bad. Learn from it, move on. 
Because every time you advance in God and go level to level, the old level is finished. Say it's finished. So many people try to live in the level of the kingdom and the level of the world. We try to live in a level of this culture and a level of that culture. We try to live a little in politics and a little in church. We try to live a little bit in corporate America and a little bit in the church. Now, let me take this church-wise to you and show you how limited our beliefs are. I was born, again, in a beautiful Nazarene church. 17 people or so on a Wednesday night, amazing pastor, man of God, who's my first spiritual father, who's always there and supported me and won me to the Lord and grew me. And when I was born in that church and I decided to become a member, suddenly I wanted to be quickly be a member. My mom was a member and so on. They had been for years. Uh, when I went to the membership class, they didn't give me a Bible. They gave me the little black book. Anybody ever, ever had some denomination you joined, you had a little black book? And a little black book had all their bylaws and laws and stuff. So I started this Christian, within no time, I started this Christian Athletic Association, Martin County Christian Athletic Association. And, and, and it was like winning, filling churches up because I had basketball. You could play two nights a week, week with referees and all that, but you had to attend church on one time a week. So like our church is a bunch of ladies serving God and a few husbands saved. But boy, when they all had to start coming to hear Pastor Art every week, we grew like 100 people within a year. We had all kinds of men in that church. And then we did a softball league. And I'll never forget, there was always debate because you had Nazarene, we good old holiness people. You know, the girls wasn't supposed to wear pants, right? They're got to wear those long skirts, right? Don't be wearing that flashy jewelry. Now the dude, he could wear whatever. See how messed up that is? That's totally reversed. <laughs> and then there was other churches. You know, you could take a smoke break over there in the dugout when we had softball. I mean, it didn't matter. Let's take a, another guy. You could, like, have a, a beer on your way in and smoke cigarettes. They were all Christians. Listen. They were just born from different mothers. Once you're born again, that's one thing, but wherever you're born, the family you're born into has beliefs. And so all of us, even though those network systems have been wonderful for us, I mean, I'm thankful for my Nazarene heritage, but I'm thankful I'm not still there. Anybody thankful you're not still where you were when you first got saved? But get this now, get this, I want to show you something. Each time you advance in your knowledge of God and learn his ways and know his word and use it, access it. It's because knowledge is not knowledge. It's an ideal until you do it, right? It becomes knowledge when you activate it. So each time in the mother that you were raised up in as a born-again child of God, you're at a certain level. And then there's different levels within that church. But every time you learn more about God and more about God and more about God, guess what? Each time you learn something that became revelation, everybody say revelation. It means the truth of God revealed in you. The truth of God revealed in you. Not to you. Not around you. Not about you. 
But inside you, in your knower, in your heart, in your spirit, man, you know, but you know, I never knew that before. That's why I live this way. That's why I do what I do, right? Guess what? Every time there's a revelation, look now, there's an opportunity for a manifestation. Every time there's a revelation, there's an opportunity for a manifestation. And once you get a revelation, more than head knowledge, more than something you read or even knew, maybe you read it and got it, listened to someone and got it, or just learned it through God, but it was an aha moment in God, a revelation of his truth, and in that truth raises your belief system to access another realm of his grace. Because everything you need is in his grace. And everything you need in grace is in you because you are born again by grace. So we're just trying to get back to the original grace that God created us in in Genesis 1 and in Genesis 2, where he hewed man out of the dust of the earth. He became a living soul. The word soul, zoe, means a godlike life. In the Jewish Bible, it says talking spirits or talking souls, I think. But see, every time there's a manifestation, that means something below it or behind it is messed up. It's not good anymore, right? It's done. So why do we go one or two or three levels and we try to go back in part of a mess and get messed up? But I said that to say this, every person in this room, including me, we are all limited by whatever we believe. I think when Enoch, it says he was with God and then he was not, right? He ascended, he's gone. Now this, I just believe, Sandy, he had gotten so close to God and knew his ways, he just, there was nothing limiting his belief just to move into the next realm of heaven. I mean, that's what I believe. You can believe whatever. I mean, I don't. But here's what I want you to say. It's important to know what you believe. But it's more important to know in whom you believe. <laughs> There's a lot of people believe God, but they don't believe what God believes. Remember, three realms or three dimensions of your faith is first, believing in God, right? Second, believing in his word. Third, believe his prophets. All three of those are different ways to release your faith. Now, I know New Testament prophetic operates different than Old Testament. But a person walking in the office of a prophet, not a spirit-filled believer, you should be just doing, when you prophesy, if it's not comfort and exhortation and building someone up, just keep your mouth shut. Take it to someone more mature and let them help you pray through. Because you are not qualified to give a word that could be a corrective word. As a matter of fact, when a true prophet or prophetess gives a corrective word, the person feels complimented until they get home and go, wait a minute now, that was all good, but ooh, the Holy Spirit goes, ah, got me, right? So, so you need to understand that. So it's important that if we want to manifest, which means if I'm going to manifest, I'm going to destroy the old and walk into the new. By his stripes you were healed. Yes. What, what, what? Are you healed? Yes. Well, now that's good. You say that. Are you healed? Yes. I mean, are, what do you see in your body? 
Are you healed? Now, 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 we see by his stripes we were healed. That's finished. That's grace. But maybe we don't see whatever was in our body out or renewed so that we are manifestedly healed, right? That's the limit of our revelation. So the only way you're going to get the manifestation of the miracle you're believing for is to raise your revelation. The three ways revelation come is the same way I'm talking about through the three dimensions of faith. Faith in God, faith in his word, and faith in his prophets. Doesn't mean a prophet's more important than any of the other five-fold ministry gifts. It's just the way God does it. A prophet's not a shepherd unless they've been called to both, right? Anyway, I don't have time for that. Come on, Pastor. So, so let me go here. Where am I going? My goodness, I thought I was going to preach something, but that's okay. So God's will is to triumph always in every place. That's his way. That's the way he operates. Now, God has a plan for you to, to prosper. You see, I quote a lot of scriptures around here, Pastor Mark, Steph, and other people do. It's like, oh, God, there it is. He, Hebrews 11, 1, on the count of three. Everybody tell me what it is. One, two, three. Greater is he who is in me than... And you just look at that like, okay, he said that again. That's cool. But see, what you don't understand is, do you live it 100% yet? And I'm not putting down anyone where you're from or your denomination or anything like that, guys. I don't have a problem with it. I just have a problem when we are blinded with unbelief. Because you can't, wherever there is unbelief, there can't be belief. Doesn't mean you don't have belief in 80% of your life, but 20% over here, there's some unbelief. And the only thing keeping you from manifesting the grace to have what God said you could already have is to annihilate unbelief, go to the next level to manifest belief, which comes through revelation. Ooh. And I mean, I'm not putting you down if, if you're convicted and you still wear, wear a certain kind of clothing or don't wear a jewelry. I don't really care. That's your business. You know, you don't want to paint the barn. Maybe you want to talk to somebody. But other than that, I mean, you know, people are so caught up in, do you do this? Don't you do that? Do you do this? Don't you do that? Yeah. They miss out on the whole plan of God. How about forgetting what Dalton's doing and get to know God? How about instead of worrying about Dalton's ways, to get to know God's ways? Yeah. I remember Dr. Summerall, I was at one of his functions where he had hundreds of college students. He had a Christian university. It's still there in Indiana. And there was this big banquet dedicating this building. And at the end, he said, well, I'll, I'll, you know, he's 80-some years old. This guy's bought a, a C-130 flying a million pounds of food into here, a, a huge ship, the first ship. It was sitting over there waiting when Russia, the wall fell to take millions of pounds of food into the and there, great revival in St. Petersburg Square, the first one, you know, just crazy stuff this man of God done. And one of his students, yes, yes, Dr. Dr. Summer, yes, 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 son, what's your, what's your? Well, I'd just like you to tell me, Dr. Summer, how do, how do you pray? What do you mean, how do I pray? When do you pray and how long and what do you pray about? And Dr. Summer, I'll go like this, <clears throat> And you knew, uh-oh, because he was, to me, the Apostle Paul. He was a short dude. He was like, hmm. Well, 
I have to answer that a certain way. I can't tell you how I pray. Well, well, why, doctor? We're in college. I'm learning to be a minister. You're not mature enough to handle it yet. What was he saying? You haven't gotten rid of enough unbelief to get to the level. I could tell you how I pray, and you might backslide. Because Dr. Sumrall didn't sit around and pray all day. He commanded. He might say three words to get his miracle, and you could pray and fast for a year and still not get yours. But if he said, pray these three words this way, they'd never get it. Everybody say a miracle. What is a miracle? A miracle is not something you get. You don't get it. It is. If you need a new heart, it's already there. God already created it. If you need new lungs, it's already there. If you need something to leave your bloodstream, it's gone. The minute you get the revelation of your blood is like the blood of Christ. It's pure and holy. Therefore, no disease can be in my blood. But one person can just get a bad doctor's report and go, okay, thank you, sir. They get in their car and say, okay, I command my blood to be whole, all the disease to go out of it, go back the next day, get a test, and it's like, we don't understand. Your blood's perfect. And some, it takes longer, and some never get it. But here's what I want you to understand. Don't try to learn my ways. It's good to learn as much as you can the way I do as I learn from others and you learn from others. But the bottom line, you still have to believe it. You still have to have faith in God, faith in his word, and faith in his prophets. I asked you last week, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever received a prophecy? It doesn't have to be from a prophet, but from a spirit, a prophecy in your life. Now, how, how many of you have, now I'm not saying every one of them, but you've seen some of those prophecies come to pass, right? How many of you have ever had prophecies and never seen one come to pass? You've never had one prophecy come to pass, just raise your hand up. Never had one prophecy come to me. Yeah, back here. Anybody else? Now I ask how many prophecies was spoken over you? Four. And you've never seen any of them. I didn't ask that though. See, you saw some of them, not all of them. So why did some prophecies you see happen and others you don't? It gets back to belief. Now, it could be the person prophesying missed it because they're prophesying out of their spirit and they might have just missed it. Or it could be there's a limiting belief keeping you from stepping into it. We call it manifest. What is God's glory? Doxa in the Greek language. It means God's manifested presence. It means he is present right at that moment. So God wants us to triumph in every place in our life, in every situation, in every circumstance, and through every way. That's what he wants. That's, that's his will for you. Steps of a good person are what? Are ordained of the Lord, right? I mean, we just go through all the scriptures and talk about all the great things. You say, well, I got a bunch of negative scriptures. Well, that's why you have no faith because you focus on what's broken or missing. You need to focus on what works and what's true and what's real. And learn the Bible later. You just don't have, you, you, when you're always looking around, I see agnostics. The reason they're agnostic is because they don't look for what's good. They look 
for what they think is not true. The problem is they don't have a level of belief to figure it out anyway. It's, I think the Bible says it's the blind leading the blind. If someone's an agnostic or an atheist trying to teach you God's not real, you might want to look at their life and see if they got the kind of fruit you want. So do you want to be like them when you grow up in, in the spirit? Or do you, you see someone else you want to be like? Modeling is the quickest way to growth. Hmm. God has a plan for you to triumph in every place in your life. <clears throat> you see, we don't need a whole Bible. We could take one verse of Scripture, that if I believe in my heart, confess in my mouth, Jesus Lord to be saved, and then I could take two verses of Scripture and change the world. What about this Scripture? 1 John 5, 4. Whoever is born of God. Anybody here born again? Born of God. Wave at me if you're born of God, born again. Okay, now did it say most people, some people, people in this location, this race, that political view, this church view, that denomination, that age? What's it say? Whosoever. Are you a whosoever? Whosoever what? Is born of who? God overcomes the world. So if there's areas in my world that I'm losing in, it's not to do with God, and it's not even to do with the situation, it's to do with my level of belief. The one, one, at, at the moment I get revealed or uncovered from God the truth, the truth will... Hmm. The only way that you can worship God is through spirit and John chapter 4, Jesus. See, you, a lot of times Christians are trying to solve the problems in the wrong realm. You, you're trying to solve the problem in the earth realm or the mental realm, the physical realm or the solical realm or maybe the barely kind of Christian realm. Right? You get a little message, you feel good every time, and it's like 30 minutes, and you're out of church, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. That's fine. I mean, God can do something in five minutes. He don't need an hour. He don't even need you to show up. I'm not putting any of that down, because you can go two hours and get nothing done, except a bunch of sleepy people. Right? Look, look, look at me. I'm not nervous. Because God told me to go for someone's miracle. So you all are just getting to learn from a miracle someone's getting to get here. Somebody's getting ready to get a miracle. I already know who it is and what they're going to get healed of. I already know. But you're just getting in on it. And by modeling what happens during this time, you might get your miracle. Hmm. Whoever is born of God, anybody born of God, overcomes the world, what? And this is the victory. What is the victory? Well, get my healing. No, it's not the victory. Get my financial breakthrough. That's not the victory. Get my marriage restored. That's not the victory. This is the victory, even our faith. The difference between you getting, receiving a miracle and learning to have faith to get your miracle is the difference between someone feeding you a nice fish dinner or someone teaching you how to open up a fishing business. Because each thing that's in front of you is just an opportunity for you to get to do one of three things. 
know God more, know his word more, or have relationships with people that can speak in your life prophetically that can bring transformation. One of those three realms. So the victory is not what you're believing for. The victory is the faith you must have to get it. Because then you can use that faith on other things. You can apply that faith to other things. Whatever is born of God is born to overcome every challenge of life. And the victory to overcome every challenge of life is to overcome the world and it's our faith. Say my faith. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. Now, this is a great chapter of the Bible. I've preached many times out of this with Jehoshaphat and uh, what he was facing that day as a nation. He is a wonderful king. And it says in verse 1, it happened, after, it happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now, they came, this is three huge nations came to wipe this one little prosperous nation, Israel, out. And the king began to rehearse to God all the great things he had done. He began to speak to God and remind him of how he'd done this for Abraham and how he'd done this for this great person and that great person and how he'd moved for the children of God and in all these wars and how he'd even moved in his life while he's been the king and the nation. And that was good because he was stirring up revelation in himself to, to remind himself. What reminding God? God's all-knowing. It was to remind himself of all the things God had done and see if God moved in that way, right? Then, says he called the whole nation, the family, the children, and all the people to the temple and, and into, out in the fields into the temple mainly to worship, right? And they went into prayer and fasting because he said if these, he got afraid because he's like, if these three nations come, we're done. All these kids are dead. These women are dead. God, aren't you, don't you care about these kids and women? Of course he did. God, don't you care about all this you build up? We serve you. We fight for you. We, of course he does. But if he did everything for us, right, we wouldn't grow. That's worse than dying. Because if, you, if you're saved, by the hair of your chinny chin chin or the skin of your teeth or whatever. You barely saved. You can get to heaven. Be absent from the body to be present. Lord, that's a win, right? But you're not going to win on this earth without some battles. And when you read this chapter, a lot of people say, well, they didn't have to do anything and won. No, they had to do something. But they had to know God's ways to know what to do. See, you, you go at your miracle the ways you know. But revelation reveals ways you haven't experienced yet. Maybe you know about them and somebody's had them, but you've never had them, right? So if I want his ways to manifest in my life, that means to break me from one level and take me to the next. I mean, think about John the Baptist, right? And how great he was. He ushered in, you know, he announced Christ, right? And then it came to a point, Jesus was preaching and he had fed the 5,000 and all this great stuff was going on. He was getting ready to feed him, I think, preaching to thousands. And John's been in prison and they're getting ready to behead him. And he pretty well discerned, I'm going to die. But he started doubting a little bit, is this really the Christ? I haven't been around him in a long time, a couple years. And he's, I hear things, but I'm kind of wondering. And he sent 
his disciples. What's a disciple means? That means he baptized them. That's how they counted it. Were you baptized of Apollos, of Jesus, or, or of John, right? John's baptism. So they were baptized, and they came to Jesus to speak to him. When they spoke to Jesus about it, they said, well, John's, you know, your cousin, yeah, yeah. Said, he just really wants to know, are you the Christ? Well, Jesus didn't say, yeah, dummy, what do you think? Look at all these people, the Christ. He prophesied it. He saw God open heaven and tell him and everybody I am. He saw the Holy Spirit come and land on my shoulder and confirm. No, he didn't say it. He said, go back. He had to meet them where they believed. See, to get your miracle, I can't just go off what I believe, right? I can if the gift of faith is working, which God uses my faith or his faith through me, not your faith or my faith. Or I can through the gift of miracles and signs and wonders. That's the working of the miracles and signs and wonders where an alcoholic or an atheist could get healed. When a vessel is used by God for his miracles and signs and wonders go through them. But the basic way that we all deal with day to day is our faith. So to get your miracle, Tony, I got to get your belief system raised up. If we're going to get a manifestation, so I get on you sometimes, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, pastor, still got this little shoulder thing, but it's not as bad as it was. I said, well, Tony, you were seeing the doctor two or three times a week on medication. I said, you're up there playing the bongos. You're up there like a young crazy. I know, I'm almost there. And I just walk away and say, yep, you're almost there. Question is, when do you want to be there? That's right, right now. Because by his stripes, you were healed. You mean God doesn't have any more nerves or ligaments or blood? or I don't think he's short on the supply of anything. There was a man sitting in this seat that got a new heart one day that was a guest. But anyway, so... So the key is raising your belief. Say my belief. Here's the cool thing. Have you ever had somebody try to convince you something that it took you a while to learn in God, but once you learned it, you would argue? I remember one night I was drinking, snorting Coke, smoking dope, had some employees with me. I was backslidden on my way to hell, wide open. It's crazy. And all of a sudden, we all started talking about Christ. Man, we, I don't know how I many, we might have done it half a night. Who knows when you're on Coke, you know how long time goes. We're just in people crying and singing and... But someone started by trying to convince me that something wasn't true. I'm like, we might be stoned on our way to hell, boys, but let me tell you something. I do know this much. Dalton's not the smartest guy, but he knows this. Right? Now, now there's, there's things in your life since you've been saved. Like, you know, you used to take care of the beer tent and the bingo tent, and now you're full of the Holy Ghost. and preach. So could somebody tell you and convince you that the Holy Spirit's not real? When someone cannot convince you something is not real, it becomes a revelation. Now you know his ways. So it's never my doubt does God heal because he has healed, right? By his stripes you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. But also in Matthew's gospel, I think chapter 8, it was asked only one time if it be his will to heal, and he healed the leper. So that got rid of is it your will and does he heal? No, he has healed. And I've seen people healed many ways. I've been many ways. And then there's some crazy way I see people healed. I mean, Simon got healed. What did he do? Jesus took some dust and spit on it and put it in his eyes. And he could almost see. He said, well, go down here, put this back on there, spit on it, and 
prayed for him. He kind of see it's the trees, but spit on some stuff, made mud packs, put it on. I said, go down and wash that off. When he did, he could see. Yeah. Crazy. Great. I mean, did you ever hear of paying your taxes by going fishing? <laughs> Peter, we, Master, we have not. Jesus, we, we don't have enough. We don't have the, tabble, yeah. the temple tax. How can we go in here and worship if we can't pay the temple tax? Peter, go down, first fish, pops his mouth, take the coin of gold out, come back up and pay this. Peter's probably thinking, this is the craziest thing. He's he's an idiot. This is stupid. Am I following a crazy man? I mean, I know he's done some cool stuff, but this is crazy. I'm a commercial fisherman. I have caught tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I've never had a coin. I caught a boot, you know, caught some string, caught some weed, never caught gold. I'll just look just to see. Oh my God, he is a prophet. He is the Christ. He is, yes, Lord. But boy, all the way down there, he thought he just wants to get rid of me. He's probably talking about me. He's probably going to promote somebody while I'm down here on this. Don't he know I've already been promoted from a fisherman? Send one of these guys that don't know how to fish to fish. So you, you know too much to get what you need. It's just you don't know what you need to know. So if there's a lack in your life, don't beat yourself up. Learn. Learn. Grow. Why do you think I said this is your supernatural advancement in every area of your life? Through what? Clarity. Clarity. You got to get a clear vision. You got to understand. Growing and vitality. Vitality is the expression of it. It's done. Right? See, I'm not just preaching about healing. Come on. I've been healed multiple times, multiple ways. I, how many of you have I prayed for that you know in this church when I prayed for you, you were healed right yeah. there? Wave at me. Wave at me. Wave at me. Just wave. Stand up if I prayed for you and you've been healed. Pray. Stand up. Somebody say in three times. See, so, so these people are evidence that I have prayed for people. And been, so do you all think I understand healing? Yes. Okay, thank you. You can sit down. But see, I know enough to know I know I don't know much. I know enough to know I don't know much. That's the difference between me and a novice that knows everything but knows little. I just know I know little. And every time I'm going for a miracle, I have to say, is it a way I know or is it a way I'm going to learn? It's not am I going to get it or not. See, you looking at it, if I do this, will I get it? If I fast, will I get it? If I sow, will I get it? If I pray, will I get it? You're asking the wrong question. Say, if it's not this way, Lord, which way is it? That's all I need. See, 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 the problem with the church, they're waiting on a man. Or they're waiting on a woman. Right? Like the pool of Bethesda, Right? The paralytic had been laying there 38 years. His family dragged him down on a cot because every morning when the angel of the Lord would come and stir the pool at Bethesda, the first person in would be healed every day. Every day, 38 years, he's laying there. Oh, can't do that. God, you know, I don't have a man. I can't, I can't get in there. I can't roll over my family. I can't even when I do, they jump quick and somebody throws me in. It's like, for 38 Eight years, but I have to give him credit, even though he is a complainer and almost a barely a believer, he at least got there every day. And then one day, the word Jesus God came his way. 
God doesn't always move quickly, but he moves. Is this your suddenly? That's the question. I don't know. I don't know if it's your suddenly. You may not even know yet, but you're going to find out in a minute. But if it's not your suddenly, your suddenly is on its way. So he's laying there, and Jesus said, so, sir, what's going on here? Oh, master, I've been crippled 38 years. I mean, he's talking to God. That's the way we talk to God. Oh, he didn't know it's God. It's just some good, cute rabbis that people like. He's popular, you know. Oh, master, rabbi, I'm just sitting here. I've been crippled 38 years. My family drags me down to here. And when the angel comes, the word terrasso means to agitate, to stir. Sometimes there's an agitation in your life to get you to your miracle because you're too comfortable in your sickness. You know your medication better than you know Hebrews 1. You know your medication names and your doctor appointments more than you do the revival services and ministries and classes and schools you could go. Or you might know so much about the word, but you do little. See, Mr. Doolittle, Miss Doolittle is not Mr. or Mrs. Knowledge. You just do little. So you get little. If I'm getting little, then I might as well take ownership of it. When I look around and see an empty seat in here, I don't get frustrated at you. I get frustrated at where I'm at. Because I know if I'm where I need to be, you won't be able to get in the building. So it's not, is he going to do it or the way? I already got the word what's going to happen from me and from others. I know it's going to happen. So what I got to do is, which way is it? So whatever, wherever you want God to show up in your life and whatever situation you want him to show up in your life, he can be right in front of you, Chris, and you're just yapping and complaining to him, and then he's okay, you have a good day, and he's out there. That's right. And he's just complaining to Jesus. But, but, but why are you not healed? And he goes back again to tell him, because I can't get into the water, the water stirred, and the angel stirs the water, and I'm... Again, why are you not healed? Come here real close, Rabbi. I have no man to put me in the water. <laughs> why do you need a man? Because I can't move, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> he knew two ways, right? He knew one way. If a man can put me in the water... Could have been a good-sized woman put him in the water. Could have been a kid that drug him in the water. Could have been a goat that bounced him in the water. Could have been a lion that grabbed him and ate one leg off and slung him in the water. A lot of different ways. If I said, I've got $10 million in a bank account, but you got to lose 75 pounds in 24 hours, would anybody feel you could do that? So, okay, okay, 75 pounds for $10 million, right? Who believes you could do that in 24 hours? Three or four of you. You know why? They believe it because they know a way you don't know. Teresa, what way would you do it? I don't think that's going to do it. Okay, Chris, Chris knows the answer, I think. Why would you do it? Pray. Well, you know, it could happen, but what? I didn't say what it is. I just said 75 pounds. You own to something. What is it? 
What could you do to lose 75 pounds of weight? Receive? Well, that's good. It might happen that way, but no. That's one way, but if it hadn't happened that way, it might be a while. Natasha, how can you do it? Chop off a couple legs. Chop off a couple legs. Probably one leg if you're my size. Now, they got great prosthesis, Terry. So I'd have to say, is that way worth it? If they amputated one leg and I got $10 million, is that a way? See, and I just did that as an illustration. Some of you do it for less than that. But anyway, I might do it for less than that because they got great prosthesis. But anyway, so, so, so here's the thing. When there seems to be no way, there's always a way. Now, we're talking about the human way. You guys are talking about the right way, too. You're talking about God, the Word, and faith. Right, because God can do that. I, I know there's a story or two of some people that's lost over 100 pounds overnight. That, that, that. So, yeah, you're the right way, right? But I'm just saying there is a way. The problem is we're not looking for a way to get it. We're looking for ways to make excuses of why we don't have it. So what did Jesus say? Take thy bed. Rise up, take thy bed, and walk away. How I many he's thinking, this crazy rabbi, he probably scrunched around a little, well, that's moving a little bit, oh, okay. And before you know it, he's up dancing. Now don't tell anybody what happened. What? He took his bed and danced on out of there. There was a way that he didn't know. So there's a way that you don't know about you can get your miracle. Now, I don't have time to teach on the nine gifts of spirit and gifts of miracles, signs, wonders, miraculous, the working of miracles, gift of faith, in the lion's den, the passive miracle where Daniel passively received his miracle, what ate by the lion, the three Hebrew children in the fire, and they lived, and the fourth man, like Jesus in the fire, they didn't do anything but speak the word, believe, went in, and were fine. Right? So there's different ways God moves. But the key is, what way do you need right now to get what you, it's not, is the answer no, it's never no. The answer is, do you have revelation of the way you're supposed to get it? And most times we don't know. But if we don't show up to men of God and women of God that know, then we'll never know. If we don't study to show ourselves approved, we'll never know. You can study your whole life and study the wrong stuff and never get anything. You can spend your whole life and your destiny is to paint this hundred story, this thousand story building and you keep putting your ladder higher and higher and higher and you find out when you think you're going to heaven, you look over here, you had your ladder against the wrong building. You can know a lot of stuff, just not the right stuff. Is this helping anybody? I don't want to get so deep I get stuck. But here's what happened. Then we read, so we read that the threeites were coming after him. But after this, he had everybody assemble. He knows the way. He quoted to God what was going on. He spoke to God. He reminded God of his great reports and all of that. And then he knew another way. Okay, God hadn't moved yet. They're still over there camping around outside the Rock Ziz, getting ready to come in in the morning. All right, everybody, I don't know what else to do, right? I don't know what else to do. Let's just go to church and pray and fast and maybe God will move. And that's good. Good thing he did that. They went to church and they're in the temple and they're praying and fasting, right? 
and they're believing. And that's a quick fast, 24-hour fast, right? Or less than that, probably. And it says they were praying and fasting. Fasting and what? Fasting. Look, look at verse 15, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. All of a sudden, God begins to speak the word of what they need to do through his prophet, Jaziel, through Jaziel, or Jehaziel, however you want to say it. Verse 15, and here's what the prophet said. Listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now, Judah in the Bible represents the tribe of praise. Levites represent the tribe of the priesthood. Each tribe had a certain demarcation, each of the 12 tribes. Doesn't mean they all went around praising all the time. They were demarked that way. Isn't it interesting when you're branded how God will move as often as he can in your brand? If it was the Levites, he might have had them burn a sacrifice. I don't know. He might have done something different with them, but he met them where they were. But they were willing to be met, and they were searching for a way. Right? And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, you, you, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Now, there's people I have that's goofy. It says, thus says the Lord. And I just say, stop it. You're silly. Be quiet. Well, why, why not, Pastor? Because I know your spirit, or I don't know your spirit. So if I don't know your spirit, don't prophesy to me. I need to know. Be careful who you let lay hands on you and prophesy to me. Anyway. But thus says the Lord to you. Number one, what? Do not be afraid. Oh, it's easy for you to say, three nations are coming to kill my kids, burn my house down, kill me, take my wife. Okay. And then secondly... Nor be dismayed. Don't even be discouraged because of this great multitude. Look now, for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, what you got to realize, the battle is never yours. You're his kids. If Parker gets in a fight and you think if daddy's there, that he's got to worry if daddy's going to be in in there helping him or not, he's my kid. What I have is his, including my life. If I had to jump in and give my life for him, I wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even think about it. I know I wouldn't. Why? Because of my ways as a father. See, you, you go to churches and you don't have a father pastoring. And they're good at communicating. But when you need a father to unlock things for you, you know, it don't quite fit your schedule. It don't fit your you know, personality. You're not serving a personality. You are called to a place, to a ministry, to a leader. And then when that calling shifts, go on your way. But while you're there, obviously God has something to get through someone through their ways that you need. Anyway. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid or dismay because this great multitude, what? For the battle is not yours, but God's. Everybody say, but God's. Now, now look what God does. Verse 16. Tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. tomorrow. So you can get a word today for your tomorrow, right? So tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, a rock called Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, what, who is with you. Hallelujah. Wait a minute, though. So we say they didn't do anything and God moved. No, you don't get it. Before all that, what did he do? Way back up here, 
they went through the whole process. If you read, read it when you get home today, chapter 20, verse 1. He, Jehoshaphat began to remind God of all the great things he had done and the things God, he reminded God of what his word said. Now, it wasn't reminding God, but it was reminding himself, right? Then what did he do? Then another way he did, he assembled together in unity, a unified prayer, because some things don't happen but by prayer. And some things don't happen but by fasting or fasting and prayer. So they assembled themselves together. They searched out the word on it. They gathered together and worshiped God and prayed and fasted. And then the prophet spoke. What if they didn't believe that prophet? That idiot, get all the guys together. What are we going to do? Go down there with tambourines and sing and get slaughtered? We're going to get killed anyway. I'm going to die like a man. But they believed the prophet. And they were established. But they didn't have to believe it. They could have said, oh, Jehoshaphat, you just want us to feel good and march into our death. You're a crazy king. But they knew his ways enough to know, right? They knew his ways enough to know that if he trusts this prophet, maybe we should trust this prophet. See, that's what a father is. If I bring someone in, I expect you to be able to trust them. And if I see they mess up, believe me, I'll yank them so quick their head will spin. And I've done it with people I've had relationships for years with. It's, I love you, but I can't have you back because you did this and this. I love them, still love them. Don't even talk about them. You wouldn't even know who they are. But I don't. Why? Because they crossed the line. Because when I get to heaven, you're not accountable for me. I'm accountable for you. (laughs) Different between a chaplain and a man of God. Anyway, so, look at this. And I'm not putting other ministries down. Please don't take. If you're offended, then it's hurting you, not me, because I'm not offended. The Bible says, be not easily offended. If you got offended over that, you're really touchy. Just saying. You're really touchy and immature. You need to really toughen yourself up, or you will get toughened up. You'll see. Just get married and have kids. You'll get tough. Anyway, and he said, listen, all you of Judah, you inhabit Jerusalem. Okay, he said all that good stuff. Verse 16, tomorrow go down, do that against the rock. Says, Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still. All that was part of that, what you're saying. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you in Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go down against them and the Lord is with you. Now it says they rose early in the morning. Verse 20, drop down to verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went into the wilderness to Tekoa. You can bring worship people on up to Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe, look now. Believe in the Lord your God. That's what we talked about, number one. Number two, and you shall be established. So, and then he says, believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Now, here's the thing. You got to know the word and God to know that a prophet is established because even prophets and prophetesses miss it. That's why you got the word of God and you got seasoned people. So believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall what? Prosper. <clears throat> so faith in God does what? It establishes the agenda for your life. See, I have faith in God and as I have faith in God, he revealed to me the agenda he has for me. I can do some things, but I can't do most things. I can only do certain things that he's shown me the way that I need to do it for now. And then I've done those for 5, 15, 20 years. And then he says, okay, don't do that. Do this now. 
So faith in God establishes his agenda in your life. Faith in his word commits him to his integrity. Numbers, he says, I am a God that cannot lie. Not will, I cannot lie. Faith in his word, his logos, his raiment, does what? Commits his integrity. And faith in his prophets provokes his confirmation. All prophet do, is doing is giving you some extra confirmation for what you should already know anyway. Isaiah 44, 26, let me read this to you and we'll pray. It says, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers? Who does? God does. Who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited, the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places. He said, believe also in his prophets and you shall prosper. The word prosper just means satisfactory progress. It's not like you get to some end result. There is no such place. So when they went down and they came against them, the Spirit of the Lord came on the prophet. The prophet just spoke what the Spirit of the Lord said. Now here's key. If you read the rest of that, it says, and then while they were praising and going crazy for God, they heard a huge commotion and saw a bunch of stuff out in the distance in the night. And the next morning it was dead silent. And they thought, well, they should have already been rushing us by now. We prayed up and we're ready for whatever. So they go over and all of them had gotten a fight, the three different nations and killed each other. And whoever didn't die ran. And they had been, you know, because when they do, they go on these things and they might take out a nation or two nations or two or three cities, whatever they took out, and they carry that spoil with them. They had so much spoil, it took the entire nation three days to take their wealth that they had won somewhere else. It just simply means knowing God's ways. And when you know his way, expect manifestation. Expect manifestation. 